<laughs> Good morning. Wow, I just like this setting. This is the first time I'm... This is so fantastic. It's nice to be family, isn't it? Every time I go to King's house or I come anywhere, I'm always asking, Kath, am I in the right place? <laughs> so when I saw her this one, I said, is this King's church? <laughs> she said, yeah, it's King's church. This is so fantastic. I always like to be in the midst of the people of God. This is the best place to be because the Bible says we are two or three gathered in his name. There he is in their midst. I don't know, I just got this cold. Is it cough or cold? Uh, since yesterday. So please don't mind me. But I know that uh, it's going to improve as I uh, begin to talk. We've been looking at uh, John chapter se- um, the book of John. And I'm going to be talking, uh, looking, we're going to be looking together at John chapter 7. Um, but with a focus. Thank you. Yeah. Aunt is my boss at work. So he's also my boss here. Uh, he, he, he knows that. Uh, so um, I'm, I just believe we're going to have a good time today. Now, I want to talk about John chapter 7 in relation to discipleship and mission. So I'll be looking at John chapter 7, but focusing on discipleship and mission. John chapter, se- John chapter 7, or the book of John, actually, it's a powerful book. Uh, just reading through the whole book of John, John is the only book that talks about Jesus the most. So where Jesus was mentioned the most, it's in John. Where the scripture was mentioned the most is in John. So most times, Jesus is always saying, according to the scripture, according to the scripture. So I was just looking at what are those things very vital to John. And for you to know, there was no record in John that Jesus cast out a demon in the book of John. He just wanted to get on, especially from the, uh, chapter 1 to chapter 12, wanted to get on about the power of God, who Jesus is. You know, there are some people, they focus a lot about the devil. They know more about the devil than Jesus. If anything happens, they say, that's the devil. We need to cast the devil out. So, but John was actually looking at Jesus. So when we read, I think, uh, uh, chapter 5, he was telling the, the Jews and the leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he says, haven't you studied the scripture? They testify about me. So it's more about looking at Jesus. If you want to see the character, the way Jesus lived his life, let's look at John. And also, one other thing about John is that there was no mention of any parable in the book of John. He just goes straight to the point. He narrated, he just told the story as, as it is. So this is a book that we can settle on, settle in, read, assimilate, meditate, regurgitate on and it tells everything about Jesus good so let's read John chapter 7 yes thank you oh good okay she don't lean on okay I call her mom Uh, yes She's just like a, a mother, you know. Yes, you are. 
<laughs> and this is what she's done. This is what my mother would do for me without telling her to do it. So you know what she said, don't lean on it. So you need to listen to your mother otherwise. <laughs> uh, John chapter 7. It's quite an interesting story. We, we won't have time to read everything in John chapter 7, but we'll just follow the story because I've only got 30 minutes to digest, to deconstruct John chapter 7. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of Tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time we do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testified that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I'm not going up to this festival, because my time has not yet fully come. After he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brother had left for the festival, he went also. Not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, Where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread rumors and whispering about him. Some said, He is a good man. Others replied, No, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for the fear of the leaders. Verse 14. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God, we find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether it speaks on my own, or whether I speak on my own. Uh, verse 18. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Let's stop there. What's the first point I want to bring to us today? You'll be shocked that discipleship is also something that happens in a family setting. You cannot believe that Jesus had brothers, a mother, and a father, so to say. Before Jesus died, a lot of theologians actually said that his father, Joseph, actually died before Jesus died. That's a lot of debate. There's a lot of debate about that. But one of the things I want to say is that his brothers did not believe him. 
So I was thinking, what could have happened? Hasn't Mary spoken to them about Jesus, about the spectacular events that happened? Hasn't Joseph spoken to them about the spectacular event that happened? The brothers were relating to Jesus as if he was just ordinary man. You know, several times some people will say, oh, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter? And they just saw Jesus ordinarily. The way they saw Jesus, the way they related to Jesus, they didn't believe him. Do you know that there are some of us who are here, so our uncles don't believe in what we believe in. Our cousins don't believe in what we believe in. But what I discovered about Jesus is he had a purpose. His, his brothers would not divert his attention from his destiny and his purpose in life. We live in a setting where we have families who do not believe in Jesus. In fact, every time we get home, some of them will say, have you brought your Jesus with you? What will your Jesus do? And sometimes when you have prayed even for them, hasn't it happened that there was something and you said, don't worry, I'm going to pray for you. And it appears as if the prayer wasn't answered. They, they mock you. That is not the time for us to hide our identity in Christ. Just because your classmates in school don't agree with you. Did you notice that Jesus, they didn't agree with what Jesus believed? Even in school, it does not matter. If everybody don't believe in what you believe, stand firm and hold on to what you believe. So Jesus did not live a life where everybody believed him. So that many people around you don't believe you is not a reason for you to be ashamed of Jesus Christ or for you to be ashamed of the gospel. Just because the world system and the society we live in is against Jesus Christ does not mean that we need to deny him. Did you see Jesus? They didn't believe him. I was thinking if it was me, living with Jesus, eating with Jesus, wow, it would be heaven to me. But the people who believed him, they just saw Jesus ordinarily. That's the first thing I want to say. He had a purpose. Please, don't deny, don't throw away your purpose in God. Don't even be ashamed. When I was working at Stepping in Hospital, everybody knew me as a Christian. If you came to me with a problem, all my classmates, did I say classmates, classmates, and even when I was doing my master's, all my classmates they knew me I was a Christian. If there was any problem, the only person I know who has everything to give out is Jesus. I just tell people about Jesus. I will tell you I'm going to pray for you because that's the only thing I have. I don't have money, you know. We may not have silver or gold, but what I have, I'm going to give it to you. We should not be ashamed that we are living in an environment where they are hostile to us, where they don't believe in us. Jesus faced the same issue. That's the first thing I want us to note. Now, the second thing is that Jesus went to this festival. This festival is so important. Do you know that there are seven festivals in Israel? And up to today, they have public holiday. They celebrate it up to today. But because... Of my time, I'm not going to. I have a slide that tells you all the different feasts or festivals. They call it the Passover festival, unleavened bread, first fruit, Pentecost, trumpets, atonement, tabernacles. All these festivals 
what I want to tell you about those festivals is that they are actually telling about Jesus. So when they were asking him, are you not going to go for this festival? He said, my time has not yet come. There has been a lot of debate that why was Jesus saying this to them? You know, one of the things I discovered about Jesus, it's a very subtle thing. Jesus does not, does not gather glory unto himself. One of the things I notice about Jesus is if he has achieved anything in the kingdom, if, even if it was a personal thing that he achieved, it would also give the glory back to God. So he didn't want people to know him. In fact, there are many times when he has healed the sick, you know what he will tell them? Don't tell anybody about me. My time has not yet come. You remember when he changed water into wine? He was telling his mother, my time has not yet come. Jesus was someone. One of the things I learned about Jesus was the fact that he does not want to ascribe glory unto himself. I like that a lot. Paul himself said, known by all men, unknown, but also known by all men. I want to be somebody that I can eat with you. I can come to, to your house and even play with your children. We are rolling on the floor. But I still know that I carry the power of God. I want to be like that. I want to be in the midst of my, 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 my workmate who don't believe in Jesus Christ. Still be able to relate with them. But I know I'm carrying anointing inside me. That was Jesus. So anything that will point to his personal glory, Jesus will not want anybody to know about it. But when he's the father, he wants people to ascribe glory to the father. In fact, let's look at that John chapter 7. See what Jesus said in verse 18. He says, whoever speak on their own does so to gain personal glory. It's not about personal glory for Jesus. That's the next thing we need to take off. Take note of. When we are doing things, anointing will be released more. The power of God will be released more. The glory of God will be released more. You see, can you imagine you pray for somebody? Who was healed? Who was sick? And the person just got well immediately. So you see, I'm a man of God. I'm a genuine man of God. I do miracles. I perform miracles. If you are sick, just come to me. That's not what Jesus is saying about us. Every time something happens, just give the glory back to God. We should be people that will give thanks and divert the glory, not from ourselves, but divert it to God. That was what I saw Jesus doing. <coughs> so when he got to this first festival, so many things happened. He got there secretly. Now let's see what, what Jesus did. As soon as, as soon as he got there, see a man of purpose. What was this doing? In verse 14. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Did you see a man of purpose? Jesus knew he had a weapon, and that weapon is teaching. He was convinced. It was intentional. It was not, can you imagine his brother said, 
go and perform miracles. Let your disciples see the work you do. For Jesus, it was about teaching. Should I quickly tell us, brothers and sisters, the only way, one of the ways in which revival will come again to our nation is by teaching. We will pray. There is a place for prayer, but we also need to teach. Jesus did not shy away from teaching. Excuse me. Every time we keep our mouth shut, we are, we are reducing the glory, the power, the kingdom of God in our society. What Jesus told his disciples was, go into all the world in Matthew chapter 28 and make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to observe everything I've taught you. Excuse me, brothers and sisters, we must, we must teach the word. Whether we are proclaiming it by mouth. I was so happy. You know what the kids are doing today? I was so, do you know that was teaching? Yeah. Let's adopt any, any method we can. Yeah. That, wow. Little boys and little girls, they could say shouting and singing. It's by teaching. They will never forget those things. We must find a way of, of teaching in our house. We must teach the word of God. Tell it whether it could be stories, but we have to teach. My son went to the university uh, last year. It will be 19, and I sat down with him. We've talked severally, but I was so intentional about this. I said, look, I taught him how to treat ladies, how to respect ladies. How to honor girls. You know, you have to take that. Don't toy with their emotions. Don't toy with anything. It's by teaching. There are many things we are not teaching ourselves, our children these days. Can you imagine even that little thing? It has to be by teaching. Many of you are here. You had uncles. It could be your father or your mother. Said something to you when you were five. And you still remembered up to today. It's just one sentence. Even your uncle has forgotten. Your mom forgot. But you can still not forget those things today. Can you imagine? One of the ways revival will come back again. Anyhow we can do it. How we, The method, whether by painting, whether by sending text message, is we go back to teaching. Jesus did not shy away from teaching. Systematic teaching. Let's teach our children the ways of the Lord. Bible says, train up the, your, 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 your children in the way of the Lord. And when they grow up, they will not depart from it. Our colleagues, we need to teach them about Jesus Christ. You know, when that prophetic word was coming, it was just penetrating my soul. It wasn't just my body. I felt so good. But not just my, my body. It was penetrating my soul. It was reaffirming to me again why Jesus came. He died for me. He rose again. And he's seated at the right hand of God. Praying and interceding for me. You know, that was a prophetic teaching. And God says he wants to have an intimacy with us. He wants to know me more. What other thing do I need for the next one month? Than to, even if that was the only message I concentrate on for the next one month, my, my Christian life would change. That's the gospel. I was so, when it was, I couldn't just hold myself. Normally when I go and preach, I'm just in a place, I don't give any contribution, but you see, I just came to you, I can't just hold it. 
How can God be saying this to me? You love me. It's good for God to tell you off. You know why I'm saying that? When the devil tells you off, he doesn't take permission from you. But when God tells you off, he's doing it out of love. That's teaching. So when you look at even John chapter 7, so many times Jesus mentioned teaching. In verse 18, he talked about teaching. In verse 28, he talks, then Jesus still teaching in the temple courts. Brothers and sisters, we need to bring back teaching in our society. I've been reading about the decline of revival in UK. And in so many African countries, I'm very sorry to say this, you hear of, in fact, it has been said that Christianity in Africa has risen in the past 10 years by 161%. There has been a decline in Europe by 18%. But you see, the teachings we are having in Africa, is it the real gospel? You know, I'm, I'm from Africa, and I'm not going to deceive you. Even in America, there's a decline in Christianity by 14%. Because most of the messages we hear, they are motivational speakings, you know, prosperity gospel. Because there has been a decline in the teaching of the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. We must tell people about Jesus. Can you imagine you get to work, you're telling somebody about Jesus. You get to work, you're telling somebody about Jesus. In any way you want to do it. I was so glad, brother, when you said you started this Alpha course in your workplace. Many of the people that you, let me quickly tell you, 72% of people that you know who are non-Christians are actually waiting for you to speak about Jesus to them. And they said you don't even mention Jesus to them. Can you imagine? 72% of people you know who are unbelievers. We need to go back to teaching of the word of God. This was what I saw Jesus giving himself to. This was, this was a man of purpose. Even if people don't believe him, that didn't stop him from doing the work his father has given unto him. So that was the first thing. One of the things I saw about Jesus. When it comes to discipleship, we need to be taught and we need to be teaching others. What's the next thing? Uh, this one I like so much. You know, they were querying Jesus of his authority. This, <laughs> this is so good. When you read chapter 5, you know, after Jesus healed the man at the pool, the next thing they were asking him, where does your authority come from? One of the things I noticed in the body of Christ is, sometimes we are thinking, where, where is our authority? Who commissioned us to do what we are doing? Sometimes we are afraid, if I pray for the sick, will they get well? Where, where does my authority come from? I want to tell you, every time you are representing Christ, somebody will challenge your authority. Where does your authority come from? Who gives you that authority? So you know what they said to Jesus? The Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes, they gathered together in Matthew chapter 21. And they said, where does your authority come from? Excuse me. If they challenge Jesus about his authority and his power, they're going to challenge us. So we need to know where our authority and our, our power comes from. 
we need to know that it comes from the almighty God. So you know what Jesus told them? He said, the miracles and the work of John the Baptist, the baptism of John, where does it come from? So those people, you know, they wanted to trick Jesus. Jesus also knows how to trick them. You know what he told them? They went, they had a meeting. They said, if we say the baptism of John comes from God, Jesus will reply them that, so why don't you believe him? They also said, if we say it comes from man, the people will stone us because they already believed that John the Baptist was a prophet. So they went back to Jesus. They said, your authority, we don't know where it comes from. You know what Jesus said? He said, I will not also tell you where my authority comes from. People will challenge your authority. You need to be intentional. We need to be conscious that we have authority and power from the Almighty God. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth, all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Because of this, you can go. Excuse me. When I pray for the sick, I know I have power and authority. When I challenge the demon, I know I'm not standing on my own. Oh, I've told you here. My father was an occultic man. It was my father, I don't know, meets with demons, you know, all those evil spirits. My father will wake up, I can't believe it, 4 a.m. in the morning, and he's praying to his God. I will also wake up at 4 a.m., and I will also be praying to Jesus Christ. I know what it means to be fighting. In those days, politicians, they come to our house to receive my father's blessing. If my father blesses any politician, he will be elected. I'm telling you, Puerto State governors, even the mayor of, of, of my state, they come to our house. I'm, I'm telling you, this is my a personal story. When my father will curse me, I will say, in Jesus' name, it was, it's not going to stand. It was power versus power. Then it came to a point, my father said, all the things I've been doing for you, trying to pull you down. Where did you get your power? I said, Father, I have known the way of Jesus. Nobody can take Jesus away from me. Do you know? <laughs> power versus power. My father gave his life two years before he died. He gave his life to Christ. My sisters, because I was here, they went to the house where he had his shrine, where I was, oh, you need to know what happened. They burnt everything. I'm talking to you about real life story. You need to know you have power. My father cursed me that I was not going to have any children in life. You know why I know that my father was serious? I know people that my father cursed, and they didn't have any children in life. You all know, some of you know my children. I've got four children, two boys and two girls. You know, my father didn't come for my wedding. He said, anybody that comes from his family side, they are going to die before they... I'm telling you true things. I've seen power. I have seen power at work. And I've seen the power of Jesus. You, know, you need to know the kind of power that is backing you. Because people will challenge your authority. Wow. Let me just round up. Because I want us to pray now. There was something powerful Jesus said in, and what's the source of that power? I'm going to round up with this. 
in John chapter 7, verse 20, 37 and 38. That's the last bit I want to read before we round up. Is that okay? Right. Sorry, I hope I've not frightened you. I'm just telling you it's something I have. It's an experience. I lived it for so many years. My father actually disowned me when he saw that all the things he was doing against me was not going to work. He said, I disowned you. My father drove me out of the house. <laughs> oh. But we've still stood for Jesus. I said, it's not because of my father. I told my father, I would do anything for you. Anything you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. Because the Bible says, honor your father and your mother, and it will be well with you. But the only thing I'm not going to do is deny Jesus. No matter what you do. Then one day he said, look, I'm no longer your father. I said, it's too late. You are already my father. How can you say you are not my father? You gave back to me. I'm, I'm your son. So you, you this boy. I don't know where your wisdom comes from. Yes. Please let's know where our authority comes from. Let's know where our power comes from. It's the Lord God Almighty. He doesn't disappoint us. Let's be ready to use the power and the authority God has given us. When anything happens, stand on, your, stand on the word of God. Stand on faith. Pray. Seek the face of God and say, God, I'm going to go in your name. Wow. So what's the source of this power? And we are going to finish this uh, message. John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. On the last and greatest day of the festival, you see another feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Please see what the Bible says. In verse 28, it says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being we flow rivers of living water. Can I ask you a question? What will make rivers flow from within us? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? So I didn't hear you. Believe. Can you imagine? I was thinking, I need to fast for 100 days. I need to jump up. I need to do this. I need to work so hard. I need to think so hard. Believe. <laughs> Look, when I saw this so many years ago, I said, Jesus, are you really, are you serious? You mean the only thing I need to do is just to believe, is to trust in you, is to engage, is to connect with you? Is that all? said, yes. I said, no, no, no. I need to work so hard. I need to work so hard. I need to think so hard. I need to do some gymnastics. God said, no. Just believe. Yeah. Excuse me. For the power of God to flow in, inside us. Do you notice another thing? He didn't say one river. Multidimensional angle of the Holy Spirit inside our lives. Believe, brother. Yeah. If anybody, you know, they used to deceive us in those days. 
they will put hands on us and they will be turning our head, receive the Holy Spirit, receive, we will do everything. We didn't receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't tell us, oh, the only thing we need to do is believe. Yeah. All you need to do for rivers to flow, for us to see the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit, is not what you are thinking about, just believe. If you are intentionally conscious of believing that this happens, it will happen. Now, what's the next thing? <laughs> it says, let anyone, excuse me, what's the meaning of anyone? Anyone is anyone. You. <laughs> it didn't say because you have, you've been born again for one day or 30 years. Anyone. The only thing you need is just come. Who is thirsty? Come to me and drink. What's the next thing? It says, believe, come.